0: Last week, we started a series entitled Improving Your Serve. Get my notes ready here. And, and we'll continue this. We've got today and then a couple of more weeks. And then uh, uh, just so you know, just, just a, a little peek behind the curtain. Um, after we finish this series, this is only four long, then we're going to go into a series of the pastoral epistles starting with Titus. I uh, don't think I've actually preached through Titus here, uh, but we're going to do that. That'll be fun. So Titus, go ahead and start reading that book. That'll that'll be good for you to to get ahead. Uh, Last week, as we began talking about improving your serve, um, we we talked with really being others-minded. If if you want to improve the way that you serve the Lord, first of all, you have to be others-minded. Because if we're not, then it's all about us, isn't it? And the way that we ended that was I gave you three things. uh, I guess it's really three things to think about or three things to know. One, you are not... Oh, excuse me. burped um (laughs) quietly um reminds me of a funny video i saw one time but i won't tell you um so that's it yeah others minded and, and three things really that that we need to know in being others minded the first one is this you are not here for you now, now, I know this is not what the world teaches. The world teaches you are here for you. In fact, uh, it's all about you. And, and, and I remember we used to have someone that would write in, in the Mountain Monthly that, that our purpose here is to survive and thrive. I mean, that's all about us, isn't it? But what Scripture says is you are not here for you. The second thing is this, is that you do not belong. I can't, boy, that put that word together. Let me slow down. I'm getting too excited. You do not belong to you. You are not here for you, and you don't belong to you. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price, is the scripture that we talked about. And then the third thing is this. You do not serve you. You have a master, and it is not you. I I know that these are earth-shaking, mind-blowing things in our culture, in our society, because we don't learn this in our world. We learn that it's all about you, and, and you are the master of your destiny. You ever heard that? My dad taught us to work hard growing up, but he he gave us really a a faulty premise. He said, son, if you work hard enough, you can do anything. I've been working hard on growing hair for a good while now. Some of you knew where that was going. It's not working. And, And I found out there are just some things I can't do. I just can't. So you're not the master of your own destiny. You don't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You do not serve you. And and I know that that's boy that that's a big change in thinking. But that's what Scripture says that we we do. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds in Romans chapter twelve. And so that's what we talked about next next week. Golly, I think I had one less cup of coffee than I needed this morning. That's what we talked about last week. This week I want us to to, to shift a, a little bit. So so last week we talked about that to improve your serve you have to be others minded. Today, I want us to look at, to improve your serve, you have to be ministry-focused. And I know that that's kind of weird for a bunch of people who aren't paid ministers. But do you know this? Do you know that you are in the ministry? Yeah, I got real quiet. Some of you are going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Did you know that? You are in the ministry. And and some of you may may be thinking, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I, I know that I do ministry, no, no, no. You are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single one in here who has given their life to Christ, who, who has come to faith in Christ, you are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I know some of you are going, well, then what do we pay you for? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> was, it, was that a good teaser there? Tune in next week. No, I'm kidding. actually did a whole... Oh, message one time, why do we pay the pastor? Some of you still don't know. Actually, I think Lynn was having fun with me that day, and I think the, the, the um, invitation was Jesus paid it all. <laughs> yes and no. Um, we may not get done on time, but we'll sure have fun along the way. So first of all, let's look at what ministry is. What, what is ministry? When, when we think about ministry, I know usually you think about people who are vocational ministers. That is, that, that, that like pastors or missionaries or, or worship leaders, that that's what they do. And, and that's how they get their, their living. Ministry, uh, in this particular passage anyways, I, I wanted to look it up just to be sure. Ministry is service. And it's the same word that we use for deacon. It's diakonos. Some of you, that's your word for the week. Diakonos. You guys, it sounds like a game with those little balls in the spring. You remember those, the little slappy? Never mind, I'm all over the place today. Um, Those are weapons. Ministry is service. And that's what Paul is talking about here. In fact, uh, in, in the English Standard Version that I use... Uh, It says uh, in Ephesians chapter four says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, that's pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's what my version says, the English standard version. If you have the NIV or some of the other translations, yours may actually say works of service. Some of you are looking in there to see if that's true. It is. And here's why. So. So what do you pay the pastor for? What is If I'm the paid minister, but you're all ministers of the gospel, then what are pastors to do? What are, what are we as leaders in this church, what is our job? Our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You ever thought about that? Now, now we, we've kind of abdicated that. That is, we, we, we've kind of let that go, I think, over the years. And, and, and so sometimes we have the idea that you have staff at a church to do the work of the ministry, but biblically speaking, that's not true. Biblically speaking, your staff in a church, those leaders in a church, their job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Some of you are going, I'm not sure I like where this is going. I forgot to say in the beginning of the series that this series is purposefully to make us a little bit uncomfortable. Some of you are going, I'm glad you didn't say that in the beginning. (laughs) That's okay. Do you know it's okay to be uncomfortable sometimes when we encounter God and his word? Isaiah, you remember that guy? He was in a temple. He was worshiping. It was after the death of King Uzziah. And Isaiah encountered the Lord and he said, oh, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Is that what he said? No, some of you. That was a trick question. He said, woe is me for I am undone. Translation, I'm a dead man because I am a man of unclean lips and i live among a people of unclean lips and I have seen the Lord of hosts. He realized in God's presence he wasn't really comfortable. So that's okay. I'm not going to beat you up this morning because I forgot. Oh, it's a a famous uh, black pastor that says, the word of God is a two-edged sword, and when I swings it this way, I get you bloody. And when I swings it this way, I gets me bloody. You ever heard that? Go look it up. It's true. So every time I preach, God convicts me as well. But the job of the pastor, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. Um, wished I had the gift of evangelism. My friend does, not me. But I am a shepherd and a teacher. And our job as leaders in the church is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And then he says uh, a little bit later, and we'll come back and unpack this. He said, for the building up, this is the second part of verse 12 in Ephesians 4, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Anybody want to be there? Man, I do. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So what is ministry? Ministry is service. And and it is the job of of your church leadership, The our job as pastors and teachers, it is our job to equip you for the work of the ministry. So that's what ministry is. What does ministry do? Okay, I'll tell you. You guys are quiet. A little little interaction is okay. (coughs) Okay. From some of you, it might not be okay. No, I'm kidding. What ministry does. If you look in here, he, he really tells us three things. First, ministry edifies the body of Christ. He says, for the building up of the body of Christ. Do you know the word edifice we get from this word in the Greek? Edifies, it it is to build up. We use edifice for a building, but that's something that has been built up. So ministry builds up the body of Christ. If we want a strong body of Christ that is a local church and then the church universal, if we want a strong body of Christ, then we need to be about ministering. We need to be about serving because it's not strong otherwise. And then he says here, For the building up of the body of Christ, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of faith. So first it unifies, second, I'm sorry, first it edifies, second it unifies. You guys ever been like on a mission trip or or you've done like a work detail in a church or uh, you've gotten together with a group of people and you worked like really, really hard. We went to uh, Creole, Mexico one time with a group and they were pouring concrete, which meant we were pouring concrete. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that in Mexico, but they do it a little differently than we do here. You don't call somebody up, and they show up and do the concrete for you. So we had a big pile of gravel, and then we had like 100-pound bags. I, I think they were 300 pounds by the end of the week. Uh, 100-pound bags of just the mortar, not quick... Uh, not, what's that word? Quick. Thank you. Not quick-crete, where it's already mixed together. So we had to mix it ourselves in this big mixer. So you have one dude doing like 30 shovels. We we trade it out. Then you have the other ones that that break this bag of mortar open in half and then dump it in. And then you got people who are bringing water from somewhere else and throwing it in there until it gets just right. And then they pour it into the, um, the, the wheelbarrow. And then you had to go about 60 yards away where you were actually pouring the concrete. And, and there was a rooster there that didn't know he was supposed to wait till the sun came up to crow. And so he crowed all night long the first night. I think he did every night, but I only heard it the first night. I was so tired. When you do stuff like that together, when you work together, hard work side by side, you build a bond. For those of you who have been on mission trips, you know that. You just have this bond together. Uh, we went to to Nicaragua a couple of years ago and and i i i 'd forgotten what heat exhaustion felt like until we were there <laughs> they're going larry you don 't look so good <laughs> doing the work of ministry together unifies us there 's just something about coming together for a common cause that unifies, and that 's what ministry does finally. It solidifies. Here's, here's the way that, that uh, Paul puts this. He says, um, until we train the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. You, you see, when we minister together, when we serve together, then we become solid in our faith because we are helping one another grow. I love the way he puts this. Grow to um, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We grow up in Christ when we serve together, when we minister together. And That's why... That's why I think we need to improve our serve. We we need to improve the way that we serve in the body of Christ. And one way to do that, uh, apparently the sun is shining off of that tent over there. That'll be gone next week. The way that we, we can do that is to be ministry focused. So what does that look like? What does it look like for us to be ministry focused? The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, I think, describes it really well. Here is someone who's ministry focused here's what the apostle paul says not that i have already obtained this or i'm already perfect but i press on to make it my own because jesus christ jesus me has made me his own brothers i do not consider that i have made it my own but one thing i do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead i press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus let those of us who were mature think this way and if in anything you think otherwise god will reveal that to you also this is somebody whose ministry focus See, uh, it was cool our our message or our, our lesson this morning in sunday school was was about the apostle paul and and we really focused we honed in on his his call to faith how he came to faith in christ and really that god put a specific call on his life and the apostle paul here He says, I'm not not there, but here's one thing I do. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I like the way that the New American Standard translates this verse. Here's what the New American Standard says. That I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. You get what Paul's saying here? Paul says, look, here's one thing that I do. I forget what lies behind, and and I'm going to press on toward this call. I want to get a hold of that thing that Jesus got a hold of me for. He got a hold of me for a purpose, and I want to lay hold of that. I want to make sure that I'm busy doing the things that God wants me to do, that he's called me to do, that he saved me to do. And some of you may be thinking, well, but we're not Apostle Paul. And you would think that, you know, because sometimes uh, there are things in Scripture that deal particularly with the writer, and he's talking about himself. But there's something in here that the Apostle Paul says that really relates this to all of us, that we should all be this-minded. He says, let those of you who are mature think this way. In other words, the same thing that I've just described to you, being this ministry focus, having a laser focus on what it is God has called me to do and being busy about doing it. Paul says, let those of you who are mature think this way. And some of you are saying, well, maybe I'm just not that mature yet. Well, Paul Paul lays another one on us. He said, if, any, if in anything you think otherwise, so if you're not this kind of focused on ministry, God will deal with you. God will reveal that to you. He'll let you know that the implication is that we should all be focused like Paul is on ministry. Some of you are saying, okay, here comes the big call. We need 10 people to work with two. No, I'm kidding. I love two-year-olds. I don't know why I always use that. I don't want to teach them. I mean, I want to play with them and then send them back to their mom. I don't want to have to be in there and teach them for an hour. But somebody does. I mean, that's that's what somebody likes doing. There's some people in here, now I love to hold a little baby. I'm not sure I'd want to try to teach them because somewhere in that span of an hour and a half, two hours, there's going to be a diaper change. Some of you may be saying, but what if I don't know what my ministry is? You want me to be ministry focused, but... But what does that mean for me? How how do I I apply that? What does it mean for me to be ministry focused? Well, (coughs) let me see if I can put it this way. When you wake up in the morning, we talked about this a little bit last week. When you wake up in the morning, someone who's ministry focused says something like this, God, today... I want to serve you Lord it's Monday the beginning of the week and God I want to give you today I want to serve you today would you show me as I go through my day how it is you want me to do that somebody who's whose ministry focused begins the day that way they realize that every single day is a church work day I don't mean you come up here and work I mean that the church, who is us, works. That every single day you say, God, today is your day. I want to serve you today. Lord, show me how it is you want me to do that. And if you're like me, uh, that, that might be Monday morning at about 7 or 8 o'clock or whatever time you you get around to spending time with the Lord. And, and, and so at 7 o'clock you say that, and it's about 7.45, and you might have to remind yourself of that again, Lord. I'm already already almost an hour into it, and God, I've already forgotten that I've asked you what you want me to do today. Somebody who's ministry-minded begins to think about everything they do in light of ministry. Well, I have to go to work today. God, would you show me how you want me to minister, how you want me to serve you at work? God, I've got got this this meeting with this volunteer group that I do today. Somebody who's ministry-focused says, Lord, show me how you want me to serve you in that way. Let me ask you, uh, I'm going to, I say three questions. These are really, they're fill-in-the-blank questions. When I was in school, I'm a multiple-choice kind of guy. Unless the teacher is sadistic and he's mean, And one of them, like A is this, B is this, C is this, and D is A and B. I don't like those. Okay, that's cheating. One of them is the right answer, not two. This is a fill in the blank. I didn't like these quite as much. But I'm going to give you one just because I can. And you don't have to fill it out here. This is something you can do as you, as you prayerfully go through this week. But I want you to think about it this way. Because you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to, to, to fill this out. My ministry is, and then what is your ministry? The second one is, the purpose of my ministry is, and then write that down. And then the third one is my focus is and this is the trick question. We want it to be ministry but I want you to be honest with yourself. What is your focus? Because you're not here for you. You don't belong to you. And you don't serve you. We're others minded and 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 being others-minded also means that we're ministry focused. Wherever it is that God has placed you, and, and I'm looking around and I can see a bunch of different places that God has put people. Wherever it is that God has placed you, He has put you there for ministry. What is your ministry? What's the purpose of your ministry? And really, is that your focus? And if it's, if it's not, then, then just start praying. Lord, can you, can you turn my heart toward ministry? You know, if you ever try to change your own heart? I've tried. I stink, and I stink at changing my heart. <laughs> I stink at not stinking, even. God will do the work in your heart if you just ask him. And and sometimes we try to turn the focus of our heart and and we find out that we can't. But if you ask God, Lord, would you just make me ministry focused? Would you just do that? Would you help me to see my life as a ministry? From the time that I get up to the time that I go to bed, Lord, let my life be a ministry to you. In, In Romans chapter 12, Paul urges us to do that. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices to him. And that means that we wake up saying, God, what is it you'd have me to do today? Some of you are like, I don't want to pray that because what if I end up teaching the two-year-old Sunday school class? God won't call you To do more than he will enable you to do. It's called grace. Let's be ministry focused. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we became a church of people who were others minded and ministry focused? The result that Paul talks about here. That that we grow up to the the fullness of maturity in Christ. That we're built up together in the body of Christ. that, That we're solid in our faith. That we're unified of one heart and one mind. That's the kind of church I want to be in. I say that and we are the church. That's the kind of of local body of Christ I want to be in. Let's pray. Lord, I I ask that you would adjust our hearts. Change us. God, I ask that you would adjust our thinking. We know that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. and, And Lord, as we as we let you speak to us through your word, I pray that you would even change our attitudes and our thoughts and make them your attitudes and your thoughts. And and God, it's hard for us because we we live in a world where there are things we have to do. If we don't work, we don't eat, we don't have a place to live. And and God, sometimes we forget that that we are not here just to survive. We're, We're not even here to thrive, really to be prosperous in this world. God, we're here to serve you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that from the time our feet hit the floor. In fact, Lord, if you could remind us of that even before we're we're fully awake and, and we sit up in bed in the mornings. Help us to remember that we are here to serve you. And God, help us to have a, a mindset that is ministry-focused. That everything we do is in ministry to you. And God, I pray that that as we go through this week, that uh, for some who say, "I don't, I don't know what my ministry is," Lord, I pray that you just 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 lead them into the place that you'd want them to be. Lord, that you've you've gifted them, you've equipped them, you've you've given them personalities and. And experiences and spiritual gifts that have uniquely crafted them for ministry. God, I pray that you just help them discover those. Lord, that they'd know the purpose of what it is that you've called them to do. And God, that that would become their focus. Lord, we ask this that you, you would do this in our hearts because we know we can't. We ask it in Jesus' name. For his sake we pray. Amen.